Hi everyone, Chief Ron here. Continuing our series on spiritual warfare, last week we talked about the battlefront of the mind and the importance of renewing our minds and not being conformed to the pattern of this world. This week I want to talk to you about pride. This is another battlefront that all godly men have to face. When I was a young staff person back in the 80s, a super long time ago for lots of you guys, I know, uh, Chief Brent Carner, who was the maintenance director during staff training, he asked for a volunteer to cut down a large tree that needed to come down because it was a hazard tree, it was dangerous, and it was going to fall, and we needed to get rid of it before the campers arrived over in the camp craft section. So I said, sure, I, I will do that. But the truth was, I had never cut down a tree that large in my life. Yet I grabbed that chainsaw, I ran out to Camp Craft, and I started cutting into that tree. And wouldn't you know it, it started to fall the wrong direction. And if you've ever cut a tree, when it starts falling, there's nothing you can do except watch. And I watched this tree with a heart that was racing and a pit in my stomach. And to make matters worse, it was falling right toward the Camp Craft shed which housed all the equipment. It was gonna crush that shed. Man, I was in a bad moment. And I, uh, thankfully the tree did get hung up in some branches, so now it was just hovering above that camp craft shed. And my next thought was, I gotta get rid of this tree so that nobody sees what I've done. But I couldn't even get rid of the tree because now it was a bigger problem. It was under tension and it was hanging on these branches. I eventually just had to get help. You know, that whole scene was born out of pride. If I would have gotten help from the very beginning, I wouldn't have created such a mess. But it was my pride that wanted to do this without asking for help. It was my pride that wanted to cover up my mistake. Proverbs 16:18 says, pride comes before a fall or pride goes before destruction. And that's a great example of that. It was my pride that led to that mess. And I could actually tell other stories where pride led me into a bad situation. Pride is such a subtle but pervasive sin in our lives. It, it sort of is in every part of our flesh. We just are always looking out for number one, ourselves. Always, in, uh, always uh, more interested in ourself than others. You know, think about you come to a food buffet. You know, maybe your church does potluck dinners and it tends to run out at the end. You don't want to be the one without food. So you get yourself first in line. You make sure you get yours. That's rooted in pride. Whenever you exaggerate the truth, you know, that if, to make yourself look better, that's rooted in pride. Think about walking into a room of your peers and you see people you like and you want to be associated with and you move toward those people and at the same time there are people there you don't want like, you don't want to be associated with and you're moving away from them. That's pride in a very subtle way. You know what? You can even do ministry motivated out of pride. How twisted is that? Believe me, it's possible. You can serve God in a way to get noticed by others so that others will praise you. Again, pride at work. 1 Peter 1.5 says, um, Clothe yourself with humility, for God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Humility is the antidote of pride. And how do you get humility? 
You get humility by getting close to Jesus and staying there. Are you, are you hearing a refrain? Because I think I've said that every single cabin devo. The key to victory over pride is not gritting your teeth and trying harder. It's not um, just uh, uh, modifying your behavior. The real key is something that happens inside of us, a transformation, and that transformation comes through Jesus, identifying with him, believing him, obeying him, remaining in him. So the key is to get close to him and stay there. Jesus was such a great role model for pride. It's part of his character. We know in Philippians 2, he left his throne. He humbled himself to live among us. In John 13, he got on his knees and he served his disciples. He told us, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to be the least among each other. You need to serve each other. John the Baptist was a great, famous preacher, Jesus' cousin, and the crowds would uh, be drawn to him. He, he attracted all kinds of crowds in the wilderness. But when Jesus came on the scene, those crowds started to gravitate towards Jesus. And John's disciples asked him about this. And John said this, He, Jesus, must increase, and I must decrease. What a, what a great mantra for you and me to repeat uh, frequently, frequently, he must increase, I must decrease. Now that doesn't sound very appealing, right? But, but the beauty of walking with Christ is as you decrease, as you humble yourselves, he comes in, he fills you, and he brings joy, he, he brings peace, he raises you up. There is a joy and a beauty in serving others, in giving others. It is better it's more, there's more blessing in giving than receiving. You try this out. We sing a song at Deerfoot, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. As we finish this week, I, I wanna challenge you to take some time and energy to think on this today. Grab a Bible and open to Philippians chapter two and read that slowly, reflectively. Be mindful of who Jesus was, what humility meant in his life, and the call to be a man who follows after that. Guys, the Lord bless you today, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.